0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Good morning to everybody. I am so glad to be here. Maybe some of you are wondering, uh, what is he? I'm I'm Asian and I'm 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 from the Philippines. Yes, and um, and I'm just so delighted to be here. I love your culture. I love your nation. I love South Africa. Uh, I wish I could just be here longer here in Johannesburg. I'm just I just got in last night and just have the afternoon to. Uh, have fellowship with some lions, and then and then I fly tomorrow uh, back to uh, Dubai and spend a few days there for a little R&R. But I, I'm just so, just so overwhelmed with just your hospitality, just your kindness, and the diversity of this nation. And I was in Cape Town. Oh, Cape Town's beautiful. And uh, just loved it there. The conference was amazing. One of the greatest conferences for me. I've been part of every nation for the last uh, 31 years. And I got saved when I was 19. And I've been to many, many conferences. But somehow, this conference to me was one of the best, the best conferences ever. And so, let me invite you for our next conference three years from now in Orlando, Florida. You have no excuse. You have three years to save up to go to Florida and and meet our Apostle Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and and Goofy. Meet our apostolic leaders there. It's going to be... It's gonna be fun, but I am I am I'm just so 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 blessed and privileged, really. Andrew and, and and Carol, thank you so much for having me here. You know, when, uh, months back when when uh, Pastor Philip actually was in Manila, he actually basically came up to me and said that Are you going to South Africa? I said Yes, I'm going. Okay, you need to preach in one of our churches. So I had no idea where I was going, and and then he just emailed me back about a few few months back, and he said that I was gonna be here. In in Pastor Andrew and Pastor Carol's uh, church, and I said I was so excited because I met uh, Pastor Carol when I was in Virginia. Uh, that that was two years ago, and we met there, and we I just we hit it off right away because yeah, just having a, just a spirit, just having the, just the heart for God. You know, it, it's it's you know when you meet people, you know you know there's a connection right away, and I, I felt that connection with with them. Of course, Andrew, I just met Pastor Andrew last night. Oh, actually, in the conference. But, but really, I just felt the connection there. And I'm just saying prophetically that I'm not going to be, this will not be my last time here. And I am, I'm, I'm going to be thick-faced. I'm going to invite myself here. I'm going to be back here with my family. So, so it's going to be good. But I, I have my family, I have my better half with me. I have my beautiful wife. Can you stand, Ed, and just wave? This is my wife. It you want to say something? Do you want to hear her say something? Come on, yeah, just, say, say, just say hi. We've been married, let, let me tell you, we've been married for 30 years. We have celebrated our, our 30th uh, anniversary uh, last month. And we were the first couple that Pastor Steve uh, married, officiated. And Pastor Steve still had hair that time. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, but we were the first one. And so I- I'm blessed to be married to this wonderful woman of God. Thirty years, amazing. It's. Want to say something?
1: Of course, you put me on the spot, but I, I like the mic. So so um, um, thank you for having us. It's been a blessing. I wasn't sure if I could that I would be here with him, but God blessed us. Blessed me with a ticket, and um, I I was writing postcards to my kids and my mom. I wrote there um, you know those slow, this mail mail postcard that you buy and you pay, put postage stamp, and I said, Ma this is i was like sam sam Gange, you know in <laughs> the the lord of the rings when he said when he stopped in his tracks and he said and then frodo said why are you there why did you stop i said he said if i take one more step this is the farthest i've ever been from home and i wrote in my to my mom i said mom this is the farthest i've been from home and i and i just felt it's like a prophetic thing for me that even as i step made one step into your nation that the Lord can take us the rest of the way and this has been our thirtieth anniversary and my mom always says you know I think he really loves you <laughs> <laughs> your mom knows what's in there right he knows she knows oh no he's she, he's gonna find out this and that but you know um the Lord has blessed me with my husband and the Lord has said that he's taken you this far and he can take you the rest of the way so thank you Lord
0: amazing isn't she beautiful Praise God! Thank you, my my darling. And I I I, I know that uh, we showed a photo of our family. This is my family. I have five children. Yeah, yeah, there's six. Now, let me explain. Let me explain. My oldest son, right there in the middle, wearing white. His name is Jonathan. He was in the conference. Pastor Karen and met met him. He got married to Krina, right next to him, and they've been married for two years. And uh, they actually met in youth uh, service, youth youth uh, what we used to call youth on fire. So I kept on the young people. So if you want to find your your, 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 your person, go to youth service and, and, and you'll find it. But anyway, um, so that's my first. He's 29 years old and uh, he leads worship in our church. And, and my second one, her name is Jenny. She's, uh, she's 28, still single. And I've been searching all over the globe for, for somebody for her. And it's almost like everywhere we go, my wife would look at me, what do you think about him? You know? no, no, so, so please be praying. They're not here, so they won't scold me. They won't hear what I have to say. But we're really praying, really praying hard for, for her. She's a teacher and teaches English in our in one of the schools in in Manila. And uh, and that's my third. His name is Joe. He graduated uh, last year, and he's actually working. He's out now uh, out of the uh, the unemployed statistic, so he's actually working and earning his own money. Praise God! I mean, all the parents say, "Amen." And this is my, on, on, your, on your left, his name is Luis. He is still uh, one more, or he graduates the first quarter of next year. And so I can't wait for him to earn his own money so that I don't have to give him some allowance. Uh, my son, Joe, leads worship. My son, Luis, plays the drums and guitar in our church as well. And, of course, my baby, my youngest, her name is Sabina. Uh, she's my Miss Universe. And you guys like watching Miss Universe pageant. The Miss Universe Philippines won. Her name is Pia. Works back, and she looks like her. So, anyway, so I, I, I call I call her my my Miss me, my Miss Universe. So anyway, uh, I, you know, I just want to show you that I'm a blessed man. God has been good to me. God has been kind to me, and uh, and I'm just so I'm just so happy and proud to be part in a good in a good sense to be part of uh, a spiritual family that loves God that wants to go to the nations. And uh, I got saved when I was 19, and uh, never really. Really imagine me going into all the nations. I had a very low self-esteem, never really believed the message of Bryce Brooks. And Bryce would go to Manila and he would say, you're going to go to the nations. I would say, yeah, good preaching. Yeah, good preaching. And never believed it. But by the grace of God, I've been serving God for 31 years. I've been to 22 nations already, in counting. And I'm, I'm believing God for more nations to go to to see what God's doing all over the world. So the every nation a conference was really, oh wow. I could say, I can look back years from now and say, that, is, that has been a life-changing experience for me. Amen? Praise okay, God. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. If you have your Bibles, let me start. I guess guys ready for the Word today? Let me just set up here with my technology. Okay, I have my iPad here, so you guys, if you have your Bibles, the old page uh, Bible, and if you don't have your Bible, why don't you look at your neighbor who has the either their technology or iPad, uh, and share. So if you have your Bible, please share the scripture. Or we have the scripture up, up here, so so this will be good. Amen. Praise God. I'd like to read just two verses, and then we'll see what happens. In Mark chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. It's come there. Very good. Then Jesus entered the house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for, for your presence here this morning. I just ask you, visit us. Lord God, put a, put a fire in us. Even as we sang earlier today, oh God, baptize us afresh, oh God, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, you know every issue, every concern, what I would miss in my words... Father God, I pray that you would speak it through your Holy Spirit. So, Father God, I pray that you would move here this morning, and we give you honor and praise in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody say, Amen. Now, let me ask you something. How many here have been accused of being crazy before? Okay? I don't know if it's a good thing. Please, um, I'm going to talk about uh, this morning what it means to be crazy, okay? I'm not talking about crazy, crazy people, what people do crazy stuff that you end up getting caught by by the authorities. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being crazy for him. And and when I was younger, I was accused of being crazy when I was in high school. I wasn't a very good student. I got kicked out of school. And uh, I was accused of uh, uh, putting a bomb in our restroom during our flag, uh, when we were singing our flag ceremony. And we were singing, and then the the restroom explodes, and, and my whole group, my whole f- my friends, uh, started giggling because I knew who put the bomb there, but I wasn't included, and so I was. Uh, huh? Huh? It was it was not, not the bomb; it was a firecracker. So I'm sorry, sorry. Don't don't, don't Maybe some of you think I'm a, I'm a I'm a terrorist. So so anyway, it was a firecracker, but it was it was a big one. It, it sounded like a bomb. Okay, so that that. So anyway, so we were we, so we were singing this uh, our, our, our national um, anthem, and then this this the, the restroom starts to explode, and We were all giggling, and so we were called by the principals. The principal we got into the principal's office, and 21 of us got kicked out of school. And so so every time they mentioned my name when I was in high school, they said this guy's crazy. And I would apply in every school in Manila, and no school would would accept me. And I would, the only school that accepted me was a school outside of Manila. And so, but God saved me, looking back, God saved me through that because if I still stayed in that school, I would be a drug addict and I would be in prison because all my friends actually got into drugs. But I was, I was crazy. And then I got saved. And when I was in college, the first year in college, just to go fast forward, I got saved. My best friend uh, would normally call me, this guy, his name's Alan. Uh, He would normally call me on a weekend and he would always set me up on a date. And he, he was the type of guy who would set them up, I remember, he would always set up dates for me. And we would go, into early days, when you go to a party, lights would r- really be low. And music would be playing. Yeah. I don't know, you know those disco days? Anybody here remember those disco days? Anybody here? Oh, okay, good, good. I mean, you, you guys are not answering. And so the disco days, you know, and the music would fade. And and we would go to our date. All the ladies would be in the side, and I would go there and say, "Can can I have this dance?" But you wouldn't see their face because it's dark. And so, but somehow my friend had this date for us, and, and said that he, I had this, this girl with you. But when the lights turned on, I went to the restroom, never came back. Anyway, so so this guy, this particular this particular friend of mine, basically called me up one Saturday, and he said, uh, Joe. You know, I, I met a friend. I said, "Oh, here we go again." I met a friend, and then he goes, "I met Jesus," and so he goes, um, "You know, uh, I want you uh, to meet him." And so, of course, he was my friend, so I didn't want to offend him. So I went to his house, and in 1984, I I prayed the sinner's prayer, but I wasn't really serious. I wasn't. I, I, I was I, I prayed the sinner's prayer, but but uh, that was the, the time that he started. You know, I went to his house every week and started to show the scripture. And later on, over time, God started to touch my heart. And I began to understand the scriptures. And God transformed my life. And he would give me uh, music, of some Christian music. And I would play it in the car. And I would literally be crying inside the car because God would visit me in, in, in that car. And God changed me. But somehow, that craziness still was still in me. And so when we were when we were young, I was so fired up. I would go, you know, I would go to evangelism classes. We would go in there and we would challenge our classmates. I would take a train home. And there was one evening I would I would I would just ride a train and I would see my classmate in evangelism class and he would challenge me. And he said, Would you like to preach the gospel in the train? I said, I wouldn't want to I didn't want to be no, I'm scared. I didn't want to say that. And I said, Sure. You start. And then he goes, okay, why don't I start on that side of the train? And when I stop, I want you to start preaching. So we were in this train. And he was bringing, you know, Jesus is Lord. He was preaching. All the people were saying, they were all, they were all murmuring. And he goes, and then my friend over there, he will continue my message. And then every, it's like a tennis match. Everybody's head turned. And it was me and I was, I was preaching. We were crazy. That's because God changed me, transformed me. And we could not keep silent. And so we kept telling people about, about Christ and kept telling people about Jesus. And then later on, Pastor Steve asked me if I would like to pastor a church. And I was 23 years old, never had experience in preaching. Pastor Steve came up to me one, one day and he goes, uh, we're planting a church, would you like to pastor a church? And I was so excited, I said, Sure. And then, and then my face changed, and he looked at me, and he said, what happened? Is there is there something wrong? I said, yes, Pastor Steve, but you know, Pastor Steve, I never preach a message in my whole life. And he goes, good. Then learn in, while you're preaching and pastoring that church and make all your mistakes, and you'll be okay. And so I planted that first church, and then all my family said, I'm crazy. My relatives said, I'm crazy. My relatives even had a Catholic priest. We were, the Philippines are more, more Catholic, and they actually had him talk to me to convince me out of what I was doing. And he left and told my relatives, and said, this guy's crazy. And so on and so forth. I planted the church and went here and went there because it's Christ who transformed us. And so that's what happens when God transforms. You can't help but tell people about Christ. And I pray that fi- new fire will come upon us today. That God would just show us and remind us the early days when we met Christ. And uh, Just fast forward about the year 2005, another crazy stuff we did. And and, uh, 2005, once again, there was an opportunity to plant a church, but this time out of the Philippines. And uh, and Pastor Steve uh, basically came up to us and basically said, oh, by the way, let me me give you a background. We were supposed to go to Peru, and we were learning Spanish. My whole family, we were going to go to Peru and to help a church there, our every nation church there. But, you know, I think uh, six months before... Leaving, we got to visit our Asian uh, churches to say goodbye to them because I was telling them these guys are all my friends. And so I got to visit uh, our churches there, and I said goodbye. I was saying goodbye. I went to Malaysia and KL, and our pastor there said, hey, you know, we're planting a church in Penang, Malaysia, but we don't have any guy uh, to go there. And I, I was, we were in a service like this. I was pointing a finger. How about him? How about him? you are there. Oh, no, no, he's too busy. Oh, how about him? And go, oh, no, he's also busy. And I jokingly went to him, what, what about me? you think it would be good if I go? And he looked at me and said, you know, you're going to Peru. And oh, oh, oh yeah, you know, yeah, I'm going to Peru. I went back to the Philippines, reported to Pastor Steve. And I said, Pastor Steve, we're planting a church in Penang. And I jokingly said, maybe it might be good for me to go. And Pastor Steve had this look. He goes, why not? Would you like to go there to Penang instead of Peru? It's cheaper. I go mean, oh, to per- to, per- to South America, so far, if you go to Penang, that's only about a three-hour flight. Would you like to go? I said, uh, let me pray about it. And I said, Pastor see, when do you need my answer? Oh, this afternoon. I talked to him in the morning. He said, I'll need your answer by the afternoon. afternoon. How many know? That's crazy. I haven't seen the island of Penang, but God spoke into my heart and said, it's time to go. And, when, and, when, and we went. And we planted that church in 2005. I brought my whole family. They learned to worship. My family learned to worship in Pernam, Malaysia. And so in the year 2011, we came back. And, uh, and we left the church there. And the church is growing A local local uh, Chinese man who's now pastoring the church there in Pernam, Malaysia. You see, God has called us to do great things for you. And many times when God calls us to do great things, sometimes people around you will, do, will, will accuse you of being crazy. When was the last time that people say you're crazy? That's good. I fear sometimes that if we blend too much in society, I don't really know if we're actually making a difference. Because many times, many times, God will call us. God has called us to transform societies. God has called us to transform campuses. And many times the people that's in that, in, in society, will see us as weird and later on thank us for what we believe. Initially, they may not agree. To what we believe, but later on they begin to see, wow, you know this, you know this, this people make sense. I said so Jesus in this in this story, his family said he's out of his mind. I mean, sometimes I could deal with strangers telling me I'm crazy, but dealing with family that says you're crazy that's something else. At this time, this text was actually mentioned in in a conference by, by Pastor uh, what's it, Oscar. This another good thing if you're mis- missing your meals. But Jesus knew how to replenish. Jesus knew how, because he had this... He, the Bible said, Jesus said that my food is through the will of him who sent me. So Jesus had food. But the, when the, when they saw Jesus, their, their son, I mean, he wasn't eating. You know, in the Philippines, sometimes people will not go to us directly how they feel about us. They usually go to our parents. You know, they go to our parents and say, hey, you know, your son, you know, sometimes he's on the edge, you know. I was just, I was just thinking... It doesn't say that, but I've just, you know, how many read the Bible and, and you imagine the story? That's, that's how I read it, the scripture. And so I was just imagining they were part of this, maybe some of the people that were religious, they were talking to their parents and saying, your son is uh, a bit, uh, bit, you know, on the edge, you know? And then finally, it was an opportunity, and he wasn't anything. He said they were going to take charge of him. In other words, they were, they were, they were going to control him. How many here, people want to control you? They were about to control him because, oh, he's out of his mind. The Pharisees, it does the same in Scripture, but the Pharisees, I suspect, thought of Jesus as crazy. Because Jesus was accused of being, being a glutton. He was accused of being a Samaritan. He was accused of being demon-possessed. He was accused of all these n- negative <laughs> titles. When was the last time were you accused of being Now, racist? if you're accused of being crazy, heh, let me encourage you, you're in good company. Please do not leave every nation. Church, how do you pronounce your name? "Rumsick," sick. Right? Brom Okay. Don't leave all, oh, we're going to do crazy stuff there because the pastor from the Philippines is crazy. He tells us to be crazy as well. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking also about mental illness. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about people that are so radical for God. That would do anything for Him. That's why I like the, 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 go, the go Conference. It's like, it's like, come on, let's go! The whole message of the whole conference, let's go! And it's so funny, there was a call, you know, during, the, what day was that? Um, was that a, a Wednesday night or a Thursday night? That, that There was a call for those of you that want to go to the nations. And I had, I had many moments like that in every nation. You know, I became a pastor because there was a call, and, and you know, and, and my wife, I was going, Lord, will I go again? And my wife has said, "No, God has called us here, you know, to to do this. This is what God has called me to do. God has called me to travel, and so and so that 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 was that was. It, it's almost like I want to go. Now, if you look at, it, I was looking at this passage. I'm you know, saying, I was asking myself, why was he accused to be crazy? Well, the initial passage says he was an eating. that's why people said he was crazy. When I looked at the context in Mark chapter two, I suspect there were some. Reasons or issues why Jesus was accused of being crazy. Let's look at Mark chapter 2. Let me give you some of the things here. Are you here with me? Praise God. Um, first one here is found in Mark chapter 2. I like I like the story. The story in Mark chapter 2 it says here, um, Jesus entered the house and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples Oh, that, oh, that's, that's. do oh, you have the Mark chapter 2? Okay, let me just read it from my iPad then. It was about four men and a paralytic friend. Is it okay to just paraphrase, paraphrase it for time's sake? In well, there were just four guys. Um, four guys who had a friend who was a paralytic. Talking about crazy. They wanted to bring their friend so that their friend could have an encounter with Christ. Because their friend, he was a paralytic, doctors, and, and everybody said it was over for him. But somehow, this four friends, and I pray that we would be like the four friends. The four friends said, no, we know Jesus, and we believe that Jesus can touch you. So they bring this parent friend to church, and somehow, the church was full. But the four friends did not take no for an answer. I'm talking about crazy. And so and so they knocked on the, the window, and his an usher. <laughs> go, go, we're full, we're full. They go to the entrance there and the usher goes, Sorry we were full, go to the next meeting tomorrow. But the four friends said, No, 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 no. We're gonna do it today. Because my friend needs to have an encounter with Christ. My friend needs to meet Jesus. And so they had this bright idea, they had a staff meeting and said, Hey, why don't we just why don't we just, you know, go up your roof? And let's bore a hole. Now, Jesus how many of you, Jesus knows everything. So Jesus probably was setting this up in time. There were no PowerPoints at the time of Jesus, but that was his live PowerPoint. So when, when, when Jesus was preaching, he was probably waking. All of a sudden, they heard a They probably heard, people heard some noise and the little rocks and stones going down. Then everybody said, well, what's happening there? What, what, what's happening there? And I had see in this, this four guys. And the four guys, can you imagine the paralytic? He said, what are you guys doing with me? And he, he's being carried out. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, we're taking you up in the roof. And we're going to hoist you down. Really? you're crazy. If I can walk, I will beat you up. No, I'm just making, it And so, and so they were, they were up there. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, boom. They were there and Jesus was there. And probably Jesus was talking about faith. And he saw the four guys. And the Bible says Jesus saw their faith. And then they brought their friend down. But the first thing that Jesus said, son, your sins are, I believe, that the issue why Jesus was accused of being crazy and why people thought he was crazy, because of the issue, did you know that the greatest need of humanity is to be forgiven? Now, the man had, he needed to be healed. But the first thing, the very first thing that Jesus did, the first thing he needed was ready to be right with God. And the very need of people out there is to be right with God. That's why forgiveness is so powerful. You know, forgive you never outgrow forgiveness. How many here you have issues in life? We all do. How many here okay, repent occasionally and, or all the time? How many here ask forgiveness from God? Because we're not perfect. But forgiveness is core to the message. And the funny thing, the funny thing about this story, and then the Pharisees were there. The Pharisees were always there watching Jesus. You know, the definition of a disciple is a person who follows Jesus, right? But guess what? The Pharisees were following Jesus everywhere, but they were not disciples. They were following they were kind of they were kind of following Jesus. They're kind of looking what Jesus was going to do. Oh you can't do that. Only God can forgive. They didn't know that Jesus is God. And he forgave this man who was a paralytic. And he doesn't get take your mat and go. He said, you can't do that. The Pharisees were, were basically saying, no, you can't do that. You can't forgive. They're here this morning. Stop striving. I forgive. The religious spirit, the pharisaical spirit is always saying, oh, you can't come In the Philippines, we have this. When I was very young, I grew up in a home where my, I grew up with my sister. I grew up with my grandparents. Um, my sister has this habit of blaming me for everything. And when we were, we were very young, you know, anything that broke in the house, it was my fault. Everything, and my grandmother would beat me, would, would spank me, and so every in the house, every time I'd go around the house, my, my sister would always look at me. I don't know they really do it here, but my sister would always say to me and say, Hala. How do they say it here? You know, like, like watcher? I'm watching you. But in the Philippines, they, we, she has this word we use, this as "hala." Every say "hala." So it's almost like I'm moving and she goes to me. Allah. How many of have experienced that way? How I many sometimes when you're worshiping the Lord, you're coming before Lord, you're about to worship, and then the, the demonic, parasitical spirit will say, Allah. You did something this morning. You fought with your wife. The Pharisees were like that. They were following Jesus and they were watching him. First issue, I believe, is forgiveness is something that you may not want to be right with God without them. People are running away, but. But really, they don't know what's really, the, the hole in their heart is really to be right. They're, they're longing for something. And there was a story, I don't know if you know this story, a true story, of uh, of a man, by, of a, a young young boy but the name of Paco. Do uh, you, you know the story? But anyway, let me tell the story for those of you that haven't heard it. But Paco and his father, their relationship was, went sour. And so the father wanted to be restored to Paco. Uh, in Spain, in Madrid. And so, in, in frustration and desperation, he, he, he paid an ad in the newspaper that says, uh, Dear Paco, all is forgiven. Meet you at the Hotel Montana on Tuesday at 8 a.m. it in the, in the newspaper. And, uh, and to his surprise, on that Tuesday, the father comes in in the Hotel Montana, seeing hundreds of Paco in that hotel. Why? Because they all want to be forgiven. They all want to be restored. See, when Jesus Jesus is declaring, I forgive you, son, your sins are forgiven, that's why Jesus Christ came. That's why we have a message to go. Because that is what people are longing for. We are so comfortable in the four corners of the church, and we forget to go and tell people about the message of the gospel. So now, if you look at Mark 2, let, let me paraphrase it. Another, another incident in Mark 2 was that Jesus was in the house of a tax collector and there were many everybody 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 say sinners does anybody know how a sinner looks like? How many here used to be anointed sinners you're really experts in sinning man this is so good at sinning Jesus went to this party and and he was he was one thing that really amazes me is that the sinners were comfortable with Jesus. I don't know why. Maybe because he wasn't religious. Maybe he wasn't, you know, holier than thou. He was God, but somehow he didn't come across that, you know, you're a sinner, you're to hell. But the sinners were so comfortable with Jesus. Again, the Pharisees were there, you know, saying, "Allah, why are you eating with 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 sinners? You don't know these people. You know, when I talk about sinners. They're tax collectors. Tax collectors were were." They were, man, they were wealthy, they were rich, they, were, they had everything. And there were probably prostitutes there. And the sinners were so comfortable. Sometimes in church, because we've been saved for so long, I've been saved for so long, sometimes we forget what it means to be with sinners. And sometimes we're, we're the type of Christians when people smoke right next to us. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm Christian. Don't smoke. I'm <laughs> holy. You know, when I was a pastor in, in Manila, I used to tell our congregation, I said, Don't when we're in public, please don't introduce me as pastor. Because why? I'll tell you what, because one time I was in the gym and I was talking to this guy. He was he was in the gym, he was a, he was obviously a sinner. Because every sentence has the I had to, you know, you know, man, toot, man, toot, man, toot you stand me all this, you know, all this, all this stuff. And then, and then and then one guy from church comes and goes, Hey, hey, good morning, pastor. And the guy was talking to those, dear pastor. All of a sudden, you know, uh, when I was reading the Bible, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden he was just so religious. You know what happens is that sometimes people have this wall. Sometimes we forget that we're in, we're, we're, we're not supposed to live like the world, but we are in the world to influence the world, and so we forget that we were supposed to be light and salt. We can be friends with them, but not compromise. That's one of the messages in the, in the conference. We can connect, but not compromise. Jesus connected, but he wasn't compromising. Love them. And love to be with Jesus. Sinners love to be with us. And sometimes, sometimes people in the world, they actually accuse us Christians as weird. You know why? Because we are weird. Because all of a sudden, our vocabulary, we ch- sometimes with the vocabulary we have here in church, my brother, we, sister, and sometimes we use the vocabulary, brother, sister, because we forgot the name of our real brother. Hey, brother. Yeah, sister. Yeah, sister. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise We have all this Christianese in church. But we forgot there's another language in the world. You can't go to the world and say, hey, uh, have been have your sins been atoned for? Atoned what? Sometimes we forget what it means. Jesus was, was crazy. It's crazy because he forgave. Number two is crazy because each was friends that were outside of what we call the religious circle. Associate himself with people that's different. You know, church I believe, you know, I was coming here, practically the Lord began to speak to me. Before he even heard about two services, the Lord began to speak to my wife and I that this church is gonna not just have two services, you're gonna have a, you could probably have multiple services in another <laughs> site as well. And in God's time God's gonna give you your own building and God's gonna give you your own facility. God's about to do amazing. It's not just going to be here. And let me warn you, when when the harvest and the growth begins to come to this church, you're going to be uncomfortable. You know why? Because it's going to mess up your schedule. Because people will want to call you, hey, can you counsel me? Hey, hey, you know, there's a price to pay when lost people come. And it's not, it's going to mess up our schedule. It's going to mess up our time, but that's the price that we should be willing to pay for lost people to know Christ. So we're going to have Harvest upon harvest in this house. Do you, do you believe for miracles here? Mm-hmm. the greatest miracles You see, Jesus is accused of being crazy. I suspect because. Mm-hmm. See, I accept you no matter who. You're you willing to accept anyone. Pastor you don't know, I, I, you know, all the sins I've committed, all oh, i committed, abortion. You know what? We don't sin that stupid thing. Nothing. So say if you're here this morning and said, oh, Pastor, you know, you don't understand. I committed this blood of Christ. I'd mm-hmm. say, just run to him. Of course, the last story when Jesus was once again the Pharisees were there, they were and you know one of the things I, I like Pastor when he was saying that sometimes you go to church where it's almost like there's an invisible sign, be silent. You know why sometimes the Pharisees were so irritated with Jesus? Because Jesus is that they just had so much fun. They were they were probably just laughing, going around the fields and they were just having high fives. And and they were they were picking up heads of grain. And then all of a sudden, the Pharisees says, ha, ha, mm-hmm. The Bible says you cannot harvest. You can't work on the They weren't harvesting. They were just having a snack. They were just having fun. And so the Pharisees no, no, no. Yeah. See, the, the Pharisees, what they're after is after, is after relationship. Problem, you know what? Sometimes the Christians, they take the Bible and use the Bible to hammer people. The Bible is supposed to be used to know Him. Sometimes we're known for what we're against. Rather than what we're for. Oh, Christians were against abortion. Yeah, that's all true. But we forget sometimes the message that God accepts people. I'm sure if Jesus lived today, he'd to be persecuted by the church. Thanks. Jesus would do certain things that's crazy.
1: I love our Jewish family. Heart is to go. Wish I had more time.